Well, hey there, and welcome back to the show. So I am a fierce mama bear when it comes to advocating for my kids. Seriously, right from my son's very first day of life as a preemie with sensory issues. Now that my kids are older, I've been doing the dance of stepping in when necessary, but really practicing stepping away so my kids can advocate for themselves. Now, my next guest and I had an amazing conversation about this very thing that really made an impact on me and how I will advocate for my kids going forward. Yakini Pierce is a single mom with ADHD who has two children, both with ADHD. She has an MBA in degrees in engineering and mass communications. Her passion is advocating for parents that have AD, have children with ADHD and parents that have ADHD as well. Yakini is using her platform to build a one-stop shop of information so parents do not have to feel so all alone on their journey, not knowing what to do or where to go next. She didn't know where to go when she started her journey with her children, and she doesn't want people to have to go through the same obstacles that she has that she did. Yakini is the host of the ADHD Love Parent Talk Show that posts on YouTube and also on several podcast platforms. Now, during this episode, Yakini and I discussed the empowerment our kids feel when they understand their ADHD and when they're able to advocate for themselves. We talk about talking to your kids about their ADHD, teaching our kids how to advocate for themselves, and Yakini's brilliant concept of advocating in front of beside and behind your child. But before we dig in, I wanted to share a word from our sponsor. Now, as a mom with ADHD, I am constantly challenged with clutter, paper, clothes, and stuff. And I am sorry, Marie Kondo fans, her style just doesn't work for me. What does work for me is Krista Lockwood's step-by-step process. Krista is the founder of Motherhood Simplified and an ADHD mama herself who created this system based on her own life and needs. She has generously offered the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD community her powerful course bundle. Her step-by-step paper, clothes, and toys decluttering courses have been bundled and are immediately available at bit.ly.com forward slash VDM dash Motherhood Simplified. Use code VDM for 50% off, making all of this amazing content yours for just 50 bucks. I mean, the paper course alone is worth its weight in gold. Krista is patient, thorough, and brilliant in her teachings. And I love that all of her content comes in audio, video, closed caption video, and transcription to meet all learning styles an ADHD mom's dream. So you can consume the content on the go from your phone or at your desk. Again, you can find all the deets at bit.ly forward slash VDM dash motherhood simplified, or find the link in the show notes. And don't forget to use code VDM to get 50% off. And just so you know, I only recommend things that I have personal experience with and Krista and her courses are the real deal. So check out the offer and enjoy my conversation with Yakini Pierce. And you're listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast with Tracy Nolan Bierman, where we believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories, as well as invaluable tips, tools, and practices for managing overwhelm and using your beautiful, unique mind as a superpower. Motherhood with ADHD is the journey of a lifetime. Let's enjoy the ride together. Mm -hmm. 
Well, welcome, Yakini. It is so great to have you here. I'm super excited about this conversation today. Thank you for having me, Tracy. I know we've been passing each other, so I'm, I'm glad to connect with you too. It is, it is all good. And you know, I mean, we have to have some grace with each other. We're moms with ADHD, with kids with ADHD, with lives and all, all the things. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your journey and how, um, how you got, how, how did you start uh, the, 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 your thought process around the ADHD love? I would love to hear more about that. Yeah. So actually I started it with my children. Um, my children, as I always share very openly, you know, kept getting kicked out of daycares and mm. um, would have troubles with stairs and just never understood what was going on with them. I knew they were wonderful and good kids. I just didn't, I couldn't grasp what they were going through. Right. Mm, right. And so I realized as I was going through my journey, there weren't a lot of people for me to reach out to automatically, mm -hmm. right? right? I had to search for it. I had to search for that community. Mm -hmm. And one thing I realized that I did not want other parents, other moms, other dads to go through what I was going through. And that is feeling alone and feeling like you're the only person walking that journey, right. not realizing like in the US alone, there's 11% of children that are diagnosed with ADHD. And that's doesn't count all, you know, all the other kids globally, adults, et cetera. I didn't realize how big it was. Right. I felt like I was by myself. Yeah. And so, um, so I created ADHD love because I wanted to have like a one-stop shop of information. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have posts about ADHD and I wanted to interview parents and doctors and coaches, um, all who could talk about ADHD. So people would have different, you know, pieces of information at their fingertips. And that was right. kind of my goal. So yeah. people just did not feel like they were alone going through that journey because i sure felt like i was by myself <laughs> yeah absolutely and i love that right and and i'm i find um throughout my own journey is that brilliant women like you um we start things out of our own need and our own you know yeah. to, so that we can help other people not have to go through you know to shorten the learning curve really basically right. right and i hear you with the feeling alone you know i was just um i was just talking to a friend about how um you know some of the things that we experience in our home when i would share with you know with friends or family have no idea like they know exactly oh you need to cut that oh you are coddling oh 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 right, right. And it's it and, and at some point at one point at at a certain point you just kind of clam up right okay you are not the person I need to be talking to about this right you have no idea but then when you are in community with other people um, who are having you know other moms with ADHD with kids with ADHD and then you realize oh I'm not alone and that's right. such a beautiful thing now um, so and how old are your kids? My kids are now 11 and 13. 11 and 13. Okay, mm -hmm. mine, are, um, mine are 13 and almost 15. So they're right right around the same age. Now, um, I am not wearing it today. I, but I had thought about it all week and I completely forgot, but you have a merchandise line, um, an ADHD love merchandise line 
that, and I, I have one of your ADHD love tanks that I absolutely love. And I keep wearing it over and over my kids, my kids, uh, they're okay, mom. Okay. And there she goes again. Right. <laughs> I'm like, this is beautiful. So can you tell us a little bit about how that began? Yeah. And actually that really started first before I started the posting on Instagram, Facebook, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, I really wanted people to be proud of who they are. Right. Mm -hmm. And I wanted it also to be a conversation piece. So when mm -hmm. people wear their t-shirt and somebody asks about it, they would be able to tell them about ADHD or tell them about their experience because some people don't know how to start the conversation or just are nervous about, you know, just are nervous to talk about it. And right. so I figure it would be, a, you know, these, these um, sayings would just be a great conversation starter. So that's really how it came about was I just wanted people to be um, proud of who they are. Mm. Now, the other piece that I'm hoping to eventually get is like some, some actual, uh, what do you call it? Like fidgets and things like people can use. Ooh, I want sweet. something that people can actually use, um, not just the paraphernalia. So I'm hoping to, right. you know, get that eventually, but, um, but yeah, so that's kind of, that was kind of the purpose is be a conversation starter. Yeah. Well, it definitely is. Right. And like you said, it's easier for someone to come to you and say, Hey, yeah. I love that, right? Because people come to you when they, when you're wearing something, you know, it's from a place or whatever or saying, and they, and when they relate to it, you know, I, it's brilliant. And I love mine. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. And, and my kids would kill me if I didn't say this, but they also have now their own lines on um, ADHD love and it's www.adhdlove.store. And they, um, they wanted to have their own brands. So now they have their own brands on at the store also. I love that. And one of the things I wanted to do, and I hope it really takes off is every once in a while, I'd like to have a guest brand. So I also have mm -hmm. a guest brand on there um, representing her brand for ADHD. So yeah, so just different types of things. Yes, that's awesome. And you are, you are encouraging that entrepreneurial spirit in your exactly. kids, sounds like, because exactly. what we know, right, is that they say what 60% of entrepreneurs are have ADHD. It's <laughs> so right not surprising. <laughs> you have to be able to think out of the box, right? And we can definitely do that. <laughs> we do not think, you know, um, we do not think in the linear way that uh, that life is is set up, right? As society is set up, we kind of it's it's not even circular it's kind of all over the place and it's beautiful exactly, right <laughs> and that's how we, that's how we come up with these brilliant ideas so let's talk a little bit about um about our kids and um you know adhd so i'm gonna go back to um when my 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 oldest was not um not officially diagnosed with adhd but i'm pretty sure um, that he is, and he's pretty sure he is too. Um, but when he was, uh, two, he worked within a T he had, um, he had uh, sensory processing, um, integration disorder, whatever, whatever they called it back then. Um, now when I first got this report right from the OT, it was 12 pages. This is the way it felt to me. It was wow. 12 pages of all of the kids, the things that my child was not doing right. 
Mm-hmm. And it, and this was before, you know, I've, I've known about my ADHD for about 20 years at this point. Um, but it was just completely deflating. It was completely, yeah. you know, and it, and it was, um, it was hard. Um, we taught, he was two, so we didn't, you know, we, we were just, we were taking him to see Miss, um, Miss, uh, was it Miss Karen, I think the OT and we go and play and she had, you know, it was kind of more like Mm -hmm. a playing thing, Mm -hmm. but how do you talk to your kids about their ADHD? How do you explain it to them? Yeah. So I respect and realize that everybody has a different situation in their household. There could be cultural, you know, cultural reasons why they may or may not talk about it. There just could be just so many reasons why. So I respect that saying that up front. Right. Um, but I, I was blessed to have a mom who was very open about um, mental health issues, period. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was very easy for me to talk to my children about it. And we just talk about it, honestly, like it is just a, another um, conversation. Mm-hmm. And so as my kids were struggling and then I knew my son was actually diagnosed first, um, but I, uh, but ironically, my son was diagnosed first, but I started the journey with my daughter and she was four years old and the psychologist at the time did not want to diagnose her that early because obviously her brain is still developing right and um so my son was diagnosed first but i knew they both had adhd and she ended up being diagnosed at 11. and so i mean it was just an open conversation we talked about you know when they were about that age so my son was five my daughter's seven we talked about just generally um, more of the meaning of ADHD versus mm-hmm. really using the terms ADHD, just how their brains think differently, um, you know, how when they respond to something and they're very frustrated at themselves, we would talk through those types of situations. And then as we got, as they got older, I would actually tie it to ADHD mm-hmm. and really would get into the details in terms of these are some of the things that you're going to experience that is tied to ADHD. Remember when you're a little bit younger and we talked about this. Mm-hmm. Well, that is un- under the umbrella of ADHD. So mm-hmm. really right. just explaining it to them to their, how do I say it? Um, just it's more explaining it to them to be an age appropriate, right? So um, based on their understanding and, and you know, mm-hmm. ADHD kids, I say many of them are so extremely intelligent. Yeah. So they can actually absorb things a lot earlier um, than most, but I still realized that I can explain it to them based on where they were. And that's Mm -hmm. how I did it. And every year we got more in depth. And then my daughter, she um, was reading um, Dr. Hollowell's book, um, Mm, you know, ADHD 2.0, because she is an avid reader. And so she was reading through that and uh, was able to connect. And then my son and I, we talked through it. So it just, we just talk about it all the time. We're just very yes. open in our right. household to the point where, and it's actually kind of funny, but not funny, but my daughter, I started the journey with her, as I said, mm-hmm. she was actually kind of jealous that my son got diagnosed first. Isn't <laughs> that like, funny? Why wasn't I diagnosed with ADHD? Why is he diagnosed with ADHD? And I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny, but. <laughs> that yeah, is funny. Okay, so it's. <laughs> You have really normalized it in your home so that they can, um, they can accept it and understand it. Um, when, um, 
when, so we just, we, I've been asking teachers uh, since kindergarten, um, my youngest who is, um, who is 13, uh, since kindergarten, I've been asking, have you seen the things that I see at home? Just, you know, and nope, 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 not until virtual, um, virtual school. Um, and when I, when I, we got the diagnosis and I, and I was kind of going to tell her about it and talk to her about it. <laughs> we went to the beach, we were walking to the beach and, um, and I said, you know, have I, I talked about my ADHD. And as soon as I started talking about my ADHD, I looked in the sand and there was a deer print. And I was like, oh, look, a deer print. <laughs> and she said, and you were saying about your ADHD. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yes. And how great. Like if I didn't have the ADHD, like, I mean, I, I'm always, I love deer prints. I love animal prints. It's just a thing, right? And and maybe if I didn't have it, I wouldn't notice, I wouldn't have these experiences, right? That I can share with you. So anyway, it's it's very interesting how we, um, how yeah. And then we laughed about it and she's like, oh, well, yeah, you know, it makes sense. It makes sense, yeah, absolutely. right? And I absolutely. wish that I had, um, we, it just wasn't, around it wasn't you know it just wasn't a thing when i was a kid it would have been helpful to know you know i didn't understand until actually even more recently um about some of the things that i do or or that i've experienced are tied to my adhd and it's not me you know what right. a beautiful brilliant thing and for your kids to know that now rather than in a couple of decades is huge, right? Because all of those huge. years when I mm -hmm. thought that, what is wrong with me? Like, yeah. why can't I, yeah. why do I have such a hard time with, with, with friends, right? Why, yeah. why do I bite my, uh, my cuticles, right? I mean, like all of these things that, why does my mind go like this? Why do I, why do I have like, I'm full on one day and then I'm, I'm like in a fog then, you know, all of these things that, oh, okay. And, and it does, it's not, it's not that we use it can, we don't want to use it as an excuse, but as a, um, as a reason, oh, okay. That's why I'm not crazy. Although I am a little crazy, right. But, <laughs> but, but I have the ADHD, you know, is, is well. Absolutely. And one thing I do want to say is just because they do know that they have ADHD doesn't mean they don't get frustrated themselves. And oh, yeah. it doesn't mean that sometimes they say, like my son, why can't I be like everybody else? Or right. why can't I be normal? Right. Yeah. And, you know, we, we talk about that and then we talk about and we play with that word normal. Right. Like yeah. what is normal and is normal really them or is it us right right <laughs> you know? right and 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 if you classify that as normal that's kind of boring right we're like exciting and like you said we are constantly thinking and coming up with creative ideas and yes every adhd person is different but we are always just i mean our minds are it, it feels like we are just blossoming 
just with ideas and thoughts and processes all of the time. And it's exciting to be around another ADHD person. Yeah, sometimes it can be frustrating too. (laughs) Right, right. You know, as I leave my laundry, you know, sitting on the floor, my clean laundry, because I'm like, oh, let me take this out of the dryer. Let me put more in the dryer. And it still sits there, right? Right. Yes, we can be frustrating. But it's just, I mean, we're, I just think we are really interesting people. Right. I, I think do. so too. Yakini, I really, really do. <laughs> I, and I remember in the same thing when, when, um, when, uh, my son was, um, he had all the sensory stuff and, and, um, and he was colicky and like, we, I, we did not have an early childhood experience, like the normal one, but again, mm-hmm. it would be boring. Right. <laughs> can't even imagine, Absolutely. It, you know, it would have been boring. And, and also I don't know that we would be as tight of a family if we were all normal or typical or whatever. Um, Yeah. It's just, it's interesting. It's in, in, and beautiful. Like what if, you know, I mean, what if this was, what if we were evolving? What if we were part of the evolution of humankind, right? What if, what if the, what if our minds, I mean, that's what I like to think anyway. So how do you help your kids advocate for themselves now that they know this and it's normalized and you have, mm-hmm. have all these great conversations with your kids? How do you help them to advocate for themselves? Cause that's a, that's a, that's a tricky one, you know, and it's hard enough for us as adults, but um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a process. Um, so with my son, I actually started him when he was in kindergarten, which happened to be when he was diagnosed, we started on an IEP. Mm-hmm. And so I did what I call standing in front of him. I did the advocating for him. Right. When he started to get to about third, fourth grade is when I started to have him try to speak up for himself mm. and started to say, for example, if he wanted to fidget, letting the teacher know in that point he needed to fidget. Now, the beauty about the IEP, and you said you're going to be discussing this with another person, the beauty about the IEP is that there's certain things that are in it that, that are documented. So him being able to fidget was documented. Mm-hmm. But what I wanted him to be able to do is to start asking for those things himself versus yeah. me having to remind the teacher, hey, don't forget, put out the different fidgets so he can fidget during, you know, math class or whatever right. it was. Right. And so um, so we started that process. Now, with my son, it's so when they get to fifth grade, that is when our school system really starts the independence direction, Mm -hmm. right? Right. So they give them agendas and they start to write down their homework. I mean, there's a lot of independent plays, but it's really hard for him to be completely independent, right? He came from fourth grade where he had a specialist that was really on top of everything. I mean, she was excellent. Mm -hmm. And it's not that the specialist isn't on top of everything. She's trying to encourage independence from him. Right. And it's been a little bit more difficult. So it's been difficult for him to express what he wants and when he's frustrated. So I've had to help that process through. Right. And again, I don't lead everything. Mm -hmm. Or what I'll do is that I will tell the specialist separately and say, hey, my son is supposed to talk to you about X. 
because I don't want to do the talking. How do I say this? I don't want him to know that I did, that I pre warned her or I warned her ahead right. of time. Right. Um, so that he would go to her. And if mm -hmm. he doesn't go to her, then she'll bring it up. So just really trying to encourage that process. So it's a little bit slower with him. Mm -hmm. That's okay. And I'm hoping by sixth grade, he'll he'll grasp on it a little bit more. And then seventh grade, he'll become even more independent. So it's a process. Right. Now with my daughter, my daughter, um, she, she grasped on it. She grasped on it a little bit quicker. So she mm -hmm. was able to speak up for herself a little bit quicker, but again, it still was a process right. because it's hard to tell people, Hey, I need this. Right. Well, I and wonder too with that. Yeah. And I wonder you too, know? if, um, if they don't really know what they need yet. Well, and when they're, when it's earlier, so that's why I put certain things in place for them. So mm -hmm. as a person who advocates, I had the IEP for him and then she wasn't on a particular plan because she hadn't been fully diagnosed yet, mm -hmm. but it didn't mean they weren't willing to do certain things for her. Right. And so I had things put in place for them, mm -hmm. but as we got, as they got older, we would have conversations all the time. So we could talk through what do they need and want. So right. then that way, so for example, one of the things that my daughter struggles with is, um, she gets so overwhelmed and panic when she is taking a test. Mm, yeah. um, that she will just freeze. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is a girl who does very well. She gets A's and B's. And so now what they do is all she has to do is raise her hand and say, Hey, I just need to take a quick walk. She's allowed to go take a quick walk, take a breath, and then come back in and finish her test. Right. But we talked through those things. We, the idea is, is really connecting with your kids to understand what they need. And you will know the patterns over time. I've always known that she struggled with tests because I saw it all the way through elementary school. Mm -hmm. I knew he dealt with, you know, perfection for a very long time. Now he deals with the opposite. <laughs> right. Like, now his stuff is like all over the place. So now we're working <laughs> on, you know, putting things in order. <laughs> but my point is, is that really connecting with your kids and understanding you're going to see the patterns because they mm -hmm. just are who they are right. and helping them work through those and then ask for help. But it doesn't mean you can't put certain things in place for them to have the outlet for them to ask those questions mm -hmm. and ask for help. So again, another thing is she is, when she gets overwhelmed with people, right? She loves people. She is like, likes to be the center of attention, but because of that reason, a lot of people come to her. And right. so she gets overwhelmed with emotions. And so sometimes the, the counselor basically said, Hey, you can come to my office. You don't have to say a thing. You can just get away. Again, take a moment, read a book, whatever you want to do, and then you can go back to class. Right. And just having that, having that outlet for her, she's maybe used it twice this whole year, mm -hmm. but having that outlet has been a powerful thing for her. Right. Well, and you brought up so many great points um, about, first of all, the tendency is for us to want to protect and to make sure that our kids have everything, you know, and, and it's that, especially in this, this age, your kids, you know, they're adolescents, right? So we're in, we're in this stage of, of, uh, of encouraging independence, letting them fail, failing forward, right? And 
supporting them because we know that they need some support too. So it's that, it's that, that, um, that balance of, you know, where am I? And, and we haven't talked about this at all. Um, yeah, actually it's kind of, kind of goes along with the next question I was going to ask, but, um, I know for myself, I have to take really good care of myself Mm -hmm. so that I can, be aware, be, um, be there and like fully there for my kids. And so that I can better understand. And I'm sure that you get this too. When they were little, it was physical, right? It it was, it was, it was, Mm -hmm. it was as, as moms, it's physical and now it's mental, emotional. So I've got to stay on my game as much as I can as a mom with ADHD, taking care of myself so that I can, so that I can be there and really help. Cause it's, it's um, sometimes it's right in the moment, you know, like we're, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a place and I need help or, and just, just so that being aware of what their needs are. Um, and so that you can walk that line of, you know, support. Okay. Is this a place where, you know, asking yourself and, and doubting yourself along the way too, should I have let them fall at that point, you know, right. or should I, it's really, it's an interesting place. So what about you? How do you support yourself so that you can support your kids and help them to advocate for themselves? Yeah. Um, I, I'm a roller coaster, so I'm really good at it sometimes. And I'm horrible at it sometimes. Yes. Raising my hand, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Yeah. So there are times when I, it's like my daughter, she gets it honest. I absorb everything. So I absorb their emotions when they're upset, when they're frustrated, I absorb all of that. So I take a lot of that in. Right. And so what happens is I get overwhelmed and then say on top of that, and then there's work, and then there is, um, and you know, ADHD love for a long time, mm-hmm. all of that starts to overwhelm me. And I realized that. So one of the things I kept telling people is you have to take time for yourself. Yeah. And overall, I mean, I was doing it. It's not consistent. Like, so for example, my kids go see their dad every other weekend. So mm-hmm. I have every other weekend off, but do I really sit on those weekends? Do right. I do nothing on those weekends? Right. It's a you great know, idea. Once in a while, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Once in a while I may sit there and watch Netflix, but for the most part, I was watching Netflix and I was editing videos or doing, cause I have a business with my mom. Uh-huh. So, you know, doing the real estate piece. I mean, I was still busy. Right. And so this is where I say, this is where I am doing good. I had to let something go. Mm-hmm. So I will say, let it go. I say, put it on pause and ADHD love is the piece that I had to put on pause. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I can pick that back up in the fall. But the bottom line is, is that you have to realize that when you are getting overwhelmed, when you either have to let things go, mm-hmm. when you really have to take a moment for yourself, if it's 15 minutes, like you have little kids, right? Um, I remember having, when they were really little and their, that 15 minutes of nap was my time, right? <laughs> like, right. You really have to take ownership and not, I understand people want to get things done during those calm times, but try not to get things done during those calm times, really take moments for you. And that's what I would do. So just remember, I am honest that I am, I go into that roller coaster, but when I did it well, I really used those calm moments for me, whether it was watch something or walk outside or paint my nails or, 
you know, listen to music, whatever it was, it was really, or get a glass of wine, whatever. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? It was for me. And yeah. that's what the key was. And so, but today, like I said, I, I decided that I, I just have too much on my shoulder. So I had to let something go. And sometimes that's so, that's so hard and disappointing, right? Yeah, because right. when you love to do everything all at the same time, you overwhelm yourself. But I wasn't good for my kids. Right. And especially with me having a new job, I wanted to make sure that I was, you know, performing my best. Right. So the bottom line is for me, um, realizing when it was time to let something go. And that's mm. what I did. So. And that's a beautiful thing because we can, oh, but this is so good. And this is so good. And this is so good. And, and I want to keep all of these things. And absolutely. so, you know, what I've, I started doing years ago, Yakini is I have a, um, I use a Trello board to, um, for actually my whole entire, it's like a project management, um, mm -hmm. system yeah. online. My whole entire life is there. It took me a long time and it took me practice to get everything in there, but I've got a place in there that I call green room. And it's where I put things that like, I park them like ideas that I have, mm -hmm. like this retreat that I'm going to have one day I'm going to, I'm going to host a retreat. I've been talking about this for about six years now, but it's parked, right? It's in the green room. And knowing that, saying yes to something right now doesn't or, or saying no to it right now doesn't mean that we're right. saying no forever like nothing you know like letting go of that never and always right yeah. letting go of that and where am i what do i need right in this minute and when you're doing that you're showing your kids how to do it even the things that are right. really really great right even yeah. this thing that was so great yes. and pumped me up so much it's still a part of me, but not right now, right? That's that's over there and it's okay. it's okay. And I love that because you just made a really good point. I am very open with my kids in terms of when I am overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, is because I want them to know that first of all, your mom gets just as overwhelmed as you do or frustrated as you do. Right. But I also want them to see me let something go or take that break or take a walk with them. You know, I really want them to see me take a moment. Yeah. And so, for example, my daughter literally wanted to do everything. Like she wanted to play every sport that existed. Right. And then she wanted to write books. And then of course she had the, she wanted to do a clothing business. And then she wanted to help put a club together. And like, I'm like on top of her academics. Right. Right. And I was able to say, okay, do you remember when I had this, this, and this on my plate mm -hmm. and what decisions I had to make. And then she can say, yes, I do. And this is what you have to do to stay sane. You will, even at 13 years old, mm -hmm. you will put so much pressure on yourself that you can get sick, right? right? That she will have health issues. And I don't want you to do that at a young age. Yeah. So we have to take something off your plate. These are the, you are going to be allowed. I forgot how many things I told her. So for example, two sports, what two sports do you want to do? So that type of things. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think as you're saying this, I'm thinking you're teaching her again to advocate for herself. Yeah. Right. I mean, in, in a way she, she's not, it, it's kind of a, a backward way of advocating for yourself, but a, um, of, of, a realistically, like these are the things are, that are important to me right this minute. And that's okay. Maybe next year it'll be different. Maybe you'll kind of shift and do something different and that's okay. But 
yeah, the, the, and, and letting your, um, letting your kids see that, yeah, I get overwhelmed too. No, I just, just, um, the other day, um, just yesterday I had to tell my daughter, I'm like, I need a minute to take a couple of breaths. Okay. I'll be back, but I need to remove myself from this situation right here and letting our kids see, I mean, that, that that's authenticity, right? <laughs> and that's, that's advocating for ourselves you know, and knowing ourselves and teaching them, you know, as they're, as they're watching you, they're teaching them how to be their authentic self too. Yeah. So if there was one thing that our listeners could do right now to, um, to, uh, to help their kids advocate for, for themselves, what would it be? Um, I would actually say, because it really depends on age. And I think across the board, I would say as a parent, start listening to them, understand their triggers, understand um, what makes them, what drives them, you know, what makes them happy, mm -hmm. understand all of these different things and understand their environment, who is in their world, like teachers, principals, you know, who can support them. Once you have that, then you can slowly today start teaching your children how to go out and ask the questions to support them. So for example, right. my son loves to sit on a pillow in class, right? That is what he does. It helps him not fall out of his seat. Right. Okay. <laughs> it just does. Right. So it's a wobbly pillow and it's for that purpose. He now, I don't have to say a thing. I didn't have to say anything in fifth grade. He now says, I need this pillow. And he carries around with him everywhere in class because right. we've talked about that. We understood that that's what he needs to get through his day. Right. So understanding what they need, really, that's kind of the first step is understanding them and what they need and then teaching them as they get older, how to ask for those things on right. their own. Right. Does that make yeah. sense? It does. And that's perfect. Mm -hmm. Listening, understanding, you know, and, and as you're, um, as you're talking about this, I'm, I, um, my, uh, my daughter, um, has been reaching out to the, the, uh, uh, the school counselor on her own, you know, and doing exactly what you said. Can I come and sit for a few minutes? Sometimes she's able to come back, go back to the classroom. Sometimes she calls me and we talk for a few minutes, but that, that, but I didn't do it. And I was like, yes, yes. Yeah. She knows that she has support and it's not just me. She knows how to ask for what she needs. And that's right. a beautiful thing, but we had to encourage it. I had to know and understand and have been aware of what her needs might be and who she could, who she really felt comfortable with, you know? Right. And that's important. And, and that's why even though you're encouraging them to advocate, you're not out of that picture, right? right. You are right. still there to help guide them. And mm -hmm. I always talk about different positions as I, um, as they grow, right? So when they're really little, I am the person they see, I am in front of them, right? right. And then as they are getting older, I walk beside them. Mm -hmm. And then when they're really taking care of things themselves, I'm just behind them, ready to guide them. And then if they need me, I'm there. Right? right. So it's just, but I'm always there for them. Yeah. Kenny, I love that visual. I'm a visual person. So I'm seeing that, you know, right in front, beside and behind. That is such a beautiful, I mean, we could use that, yeah. that, that, 
um, that visual for so many things. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So can you tell us about a time in motherhood when you either achieved something or overcame something that initially just felt impossible? Um, I would say for me, I think this journey for me was just, it was absolutely crazy. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm going to be honest because it was hard. Yeah. There were many tears. There were many times when I just had to go to my room to your point, taking a moment. I had a lot of those moments, especially in the beginning of this journey. Right. And it was, um, I think that was the biggest thing that I overcame. Once I understood, I, like I said, I knew my children were wonderful kids. I just knew there was something going on. Once I understood what was going on, I was mm -hmm. finally able to take those steps in the right, right. direction, right? right? Yep. And that was the biggest piece was I was fighting to get them um, tested. And then once I got them tested, fighting to get them support um, right. and not just support at school, support in camps. I mean, mm -hmm. I had to find the right camps for them. Right. Um, making sure they have the right sitters, right? Mm -hmm. Because not everybody can work with children like mine. Right. So all of these different things, I just felt like I overcame these things because I was so willing. I just wanted to help them, right? Yeah. I just wanted to help them be successful in their little lives and as they're in their lives as they're getting older. So right. um, I think that's the biggest thing. The biggest thing that I overcame was understanding ADHD and then mm -hmm. really putting the things in place to help them be successful. Right. Yeah, that's beautiful. And the um, being a mom with ADHD is no joke. It's hard enough to be a mom and then to have kids with ADHD and then then to, to have ADHD yourself is and, and, and you know, when we look out like you're like, like we talked about earlier with your kids looking at the other people like, why can't I be normal? They're looking out and thinking, man, why is this so dang hard for me? Yep. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. 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 We go through that same thing, too. And I think people don't realize it is as parents, we are fighting that every day too, right? Day. We're fighting right. those doubts and we're fighting those, um, those frustrations all of the time. And right. And, and at the same time, we're trying to teach our kids to be, for example, me, you know, and like yeah. I said earlier, I have my laundry all over the floor, right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and, and I'm not trying to be hypocritical. It's just that that's how my mind works sometimes, right? I know, so, yeah. I know, exactly, exactly. And it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to have piles of laundry and whatever. I mean, if you could see this office right now, <laughs> you can see us from shoulders up, right? Um, so, Yakini, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much. It was well worth the uh, going back and forth. Now, can you tell our listeners how can they find you? Yeah, so I have a lot of good information. Like I said, I interviewed so many wonderful people. So you yeah. can find that information on YouTube at ADHD Love 2020. Mm -hmm. You can find it on Instagram and Facebook at ADHD Love 2020. I try to keep it very simple. I'm very light on Twitter and TikTok. There's a few things on there, but most of the interviews you will see on YouTube. Oh, and then I also have the majority of the podcast version. So majority of the YouTube videos I turned into a podcast for those who don't like to watch videos. So oh, great. they can okay. also go on some of the main channels and find it there. Right. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. 
Well, again, this has been amazing. It is lovely to meet you and connect with you. And I feel like we could just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. <laughs> and maybe Thank we will. So maybe we will one day. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much, Tracy, for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for, thanks for being here and sharing your brilliance. Goodbye for now. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast. To get started on your vision-driven mom journey, go to visiondrivenmomwalk.com to download the Vision Walk audio guide. Join the collective of moms with ADHD moving their bodies and their lives forward and leaving overwhelm behind. Anything is possible, even for the mom with ADHD. Goodbye for now.